Grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from God the Father, the creator and the sustainer of our existence, without whom we would be nothing, to whom we owe everything. And of course, to his son, our savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, and last but certainly not least, to the Holy Spirit, that sweet advocate that walks with us, constantly reminding us of all things righteous and holy. It is an honor to be before you again on this morning, two Sundays in a row. Uh, look at it, it's always a blessing every time I get a chance to uh, bring forth the word. And I've been saying for some years now, in a halfway joking way, Anytime I preach and the congregation don't throw me out, I consider it a success. Um, and in line with that, well, we, we give honor and we give thanks and praise uh, to your magnificent pastor, the Reverend Samuel Ross Lee, in his absence, uh, taking his well-deserved uh, vacation, as Deacon Hazel pointed out for us. And we are grateful for you as well, my dear sister, for uh, your diligence in serving and continuing to be a leader in the absence of the under shepherd of this church. So thank you for everything that you continue to do. I shared with us last week and I, and I, I try to uh, stay in line with this. I, I'm trying not to be a long-winded preacher. That's not my MO. And someone shouted amen last week and that's all right. <laughs> So again, I, I don't plan on being before us uh, too long, but there is a word from God from the book of Amos, from the prophet Amos. And Deacon Hazel uh, read the fifth chapter for us in its entirety. Very special chapter of this book. I'm not gonna read the entire chapter again but I am, for our sermonic emphasis, going to raise up uh, chapter 24. Chapter 5 of the book of Amos, from the prophet Amos, verse 24. And I'm reading from the New International Version of Scripture, so it might be just a little bit different. And what the word says is, but let justice run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. But read that one more time because this justice is being used interchangeably with judgment here for a very particular reason that we are going to get to um, in just a few short moments. So verse 24 in chapter 5 of the book of Amos reads, but let justice run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. So last week, uh, those of us that had the opportunity to be present, whether in person or via the internet, We explored through the book of Kings, we explored the complex relationship between kings and prophets. 
particularly through the legend of the prophet Elijah. Another way this relationship could have been explored in our contemporary setting is discussing the role of clergy people and their relation to politicians. Guess if I was gonna uh, sum up last week's sermon, one way I could put it is, a lot of us want to be kings, but very few of us want to be prophets. And we got a chance to see Elijah confronting a wicked politician drove him to suicidal thoughts to the brink of death where he was praying for death and instead God granted him peace. So today we are going to turn our faithful attention to the prophet Amos to get a better understanding of, and here's the title of the sermon, Prophetic Justice. Say that one more time for you, Prophetic Justice. Will you pray with me, church? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our God, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. So like the book of Kings, as we explored last week, Amos is another one of those books that's not the most popular in the Old Testament. Seldomly will you see this book preached on or the topics of a complex Bible study or Sunday school lesson, especially for multiple weeks at a time. When we think about other books in the Old Testament, it doesn't have the incredible, miraculous origin stories, say like the book of Genesis. It doesn't have the epic tale and rescue of the children of Israel from slavery in Egypt, like the book of Exodus. And like the book of Samuel, it doesn't have a legendary figure in a chronicling of his life and legend, like Israel's most famous and anointed King David. No, the book of Amos doesn't provide much of that. And even when we compare Amos to other prophetic books, it doesn't get read or quoted to the same degree like Isaiah. I know we can all probably quote our favorite text from Isaiah. Or he doesn't have the reputation of being the, the weeping prophet like Jeremiah. Amen. And he doesn't even get held in the same regard as Ezekiel. In fact, most scholars, experts on the New Testament, 
they put Amos in the off category as being one of the quote unquote minor prophets or a minority prophet in the Old Testament canon. In fact, I, I grew up in church and attended Sunday school regularly. And the first time I actually heard of the book of Amos was in second or third grade when we were talking about Martin Luther King's Jr. I have a dream speech. See, while most of that speech, King is making a thorough critique of American politics particularly during the 1960s, where the American economy is thought to be at one of its highest points in recent history. And King's critique is all about the fact that while so many of you have so much, black Americans continue to have so little. While you are relatively in a state of peace, black Americans are constantly and perpetually in a state of fighting for our lives. One may call this a state of war. While there are promises of prosperity for everyone else, quote unquote, the American dream, Black Americans are living a nightmare. And to emphasize this point, King quotes the prophet Amos. Let justice run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. The irony, this man was literally born to be a king and instead opted to be a prophet. Calling out for justice at every turn and every opportunity that he could get. It's interesting because what we learn is that prophetic justice usually does not start from scratch. There's a history, there's a tradition, there's a legacy of what it means to be prophetic and what it means to be a prophet. And the righteous prophets typically pick up on where those that came before them left off. Amos is no different from King in this regard. One scholar says that Amos follows in the footsteps of Elijah as opposed to the prophet Nathan. So for those of us that are familiar with the book of Samuel, King David got himself in some trouble into some dealings with another man's wife. And the prophet Nathan confronts him about this in an indirect way, tells him a parable 
And then ultimately gets to the point of telling David about himself. But this indirect approach, some might call it poetic justice. Amos ain't got no time for that. Amos is often described, just like Elijah, as being confrontational and abrasive. There is no poetic attempt to win over the audience to which God has called him to condemn. If you go back and read the book of Amos, one of the most compelling stories I've found is how he confronts a fellow clergyman, a priest, per se. Amos goes to Bethel and tells this priest exactly what God has placed on his heart, on his soul, and on his mind. He tells them that Israel, that being the northern kingdom, y'all are in for it, and in for it soon. It may seem like things are going smoothly at the moment. Things may seem all good right now. But you cannot continue to exist and thrive while so many people in your midst are literally making their bed in hell. Knowing what life is like to exist with the bare minimum. Nothing sometimes. And we continue to ignore, downplay, and sidestep their suffering because things look good from the outside. It's only a matter of time before justice runs down like waters and righteousness as a mighty stream in the direct way the prophet is saying none of this is going to last and you know when, when people start bringing a message like this a lot of times the reaction is oh we're not trying to hear that why are you messing up what we got going on here? I know things are not quite perfect, but they good right now. So the priest reacts accordingly, looking for any reason he can to tune Amos out, to ignore what he's saying. The priest essentially tells Amos to mind your own damn business. You ain't even from here. You was born in the southern kingdom. How dare you bring yourself up here and tell us how to run what we got going on up in Bethel. The priest was concerned that the king would find out that he was in cahoots with Amos and plotting a conspiracy to overthrow the government. So I can't even be associated with your 
message. I'm going to use the word message because I'm in the pulpit, praise God. But, but y'all know where I'm going with this. Prophetic justice is typically shunned, ostracized, in silence. If you want to hear it. And this is typically the case when we concern ourselves with more about what politicians think than what's according to divine righteousness. But Amos keeps speaking. Amos keeps going about his business. Amos keeps living into his divine calling. Because this is exactly what prophetic justice demands of him. This is what prophetic justice demands of all of us. It's a pretty simple equation. Prophetic justice is giving everyone exactly what they deserve. Let's say that for you one more time. Prophetic justice is simply giving everyone exactly what they deserve. Starting first and foremost with God Almighty. Spoke with you last week in detail about what idolatry is. Israel had a problem. Got a problem that many of us still seem to have today. Turning our politicians into placeholders for God. Looking to politicians, people that bleed just like you and me as their saviors. Looking to politicians to be the ones that tell us what is righteous before God's throne. What we learn from prophetic justice is that this type of idolatry needs to be condemned at all costs. This is a consistent message in the minor prophets, in the major prophets, and frankly, throughout the entirety of the biblical canon. Idolatry is the sin that scripture speaks about most. It seems as if the writers of scriptures completely understood that this was something that we would be struggling with until the end of time. One preacher put it and said, the human mind is an infinite factory for idols. And just like Israel, we find ourselves in this place today where they were making an idol out of the kingship. We often make idols out of presidents, senators, congressmen and women, judges, and don't get me started on the police. But prophetic justice condemns such practices precisely because we know without God, we are nothing. Without God, we would cease to be. Without God, there would literally be nothing and no one. 
Yeah, that's all right. You can clap for that. And the truth of the matter is, when we put placeholders in the place of God, it is only a matter of time before justice and righteousness roll down. And a lot of us may get caught in the crossfire. Point of this matter is, God is the only one that deserves our unflinching and unquestionable allegiance. Anything or anyone else that attempts to detract us from this is an idol. Prophetic justice. The next thing we learn from Amos, ironically, the sin that the Bible speaks most about second, other than idolatry. Really simple equation. Take care of poor people. Take care of the widow. Take care of the outcasts. The one in which society continually pressures you to turn your back on. Those are the people that should be having the most of our attention, precisely because they are the most vulnerable. Remember, prophetic justice is giving people exactly what they deserve. What does this mean? Everyone deserves to have a life and live it abundantly. Not because of where they were born, or the particular job or status that they hold in society, but simply because they are human, simply because they are children of God, simply because they bleed and breathe and feel pain and suffering, just like you and me. Israel had lost its way and left many of these people that the prophet is referencing to suffer and die in their lonesome. Which is exactly what, pro <laughs> what prompted Amos to go and have that uncomfortable conversation with the priest at Bethel. It's funny, I, I shared with y'all, um, and a few of you have known this um, from the time I was with Emmanuel, that I was a student at Yale Divinity School from the time of 2015 through 2018. And one of the most difficult, um, the challenges of being a student there is seeing the disparity the contradiction and the quality of life, the wealth gap that exists in a city like New Haven. In one regard, we, you know, we roam the halls of a, a university that last time I checked has the third largest endowment in the world. And at the same time, you walk in any direction from said university.
and we literally encounter people fighting for their lives because starving to death is a real alternative for them. It's only a matter of time before justice rolls down like waters and the mighty stream. We cannot continue to exist where those of us have so much and others continue to live or for so little. It's not righteous. It's not just. Prophetic justice will not be popular. It wasn't in the time of Amos, and it's definitely not popular now. A lot of times, and it's <laughs> even amongst clergy people, oh, can I talk about it? Even amongst clergy people, we shy away from these type of biblical messages. We want to concern ourselves with, frankly, things that are trivial. We're worried about who's drinking what, who's sleeping with who, but have nothing to say about that which the Bible has most to say. Saying a popular tune. See, a, a, a lot of us nowadays are more concerned with being popular while others of us are trying to be prophetic. We are not the same. Even there are those of us that are concerned with being the best preachers possible, while others of us are concerned with being prophetic. We are not the same. And don't get me started on those that are concerned with being politicians. While we are focused on being prophetic, we are not the same. And what does prophetic justice demand of us? To continue to speak. To continue to be the voice for the voiceless. And in doing so, be a mouthpiece for God Almighty. Understanding that popularity is probably not something that will be in our future. Probably hardships are more likely to come. But the fact of the matter is we owe our allegiance to God Almighty before anything and anyone else. Even if prophetic justice cost us our own comfort. Well, you can see why this ain't a popular message, right? There was a man from Galilee who understood what this message of prophetic justice was. Just like King and just like Amos, he didn't start from scratch. He picked up on a tradition, on a history, on a legacy of prophets that had came before him and walked around homeless almost, encouraging people 
to love God with all of their heart, all of their mind, and all of their strength, and to love neighbors as they love themselves. It's a pretty simple equation. Put God first and take care of vulnerable people. That is prophetic justice. But talk about it not being popular. Keep reading. I hear something. I think, the, I think this message might have gotten killed. He walked into a temple and started flipping tables and chasing people out with a whip. Some might call him abrasive or confrontational. But while they were money changers and flipping bills, people were suffering. Living on the fringes of society with very little. So we needed to hear a prophetic word from God. And instead of listening, they beat him in the street, hung him on a tree, poked him in the side with a spear in front of his mother and watched as he bled out. Prophetic justice. But we know the story didn't end there. It doesn't end there. Because in the end, we know that justice will run down like waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. We know that justice is where the arc of the universe bends, to quote MLK. We know that righteousness is woven into our very existence, even if it gets hard to see sometimes. Prophetic justice is that anointing that we can hold on to in the darkest of times, knowing that unrighteousness, injustice, evil and wickedness may have its day to day, but it's only a matter of time. Prophetic justice reminds us that God Almighty, the one to which we owe all of our allegiance, cannot be defeated by anything that humans can conceive of. Prophetic justice reminds us that God is still in control. So my prayer for us this morning as we depart from this sanctuary is that as we leave here, you go throughout your life, you go throughout your week, continue to be agents of prophetic justice. Continue to let your voice be heard. Continue to speak out and against all types of wickedness, evil, and idolatry, knowing that in doing so, you are giving God, yourself, and your neighbors exactly what we deserve. Prophetic justice. The doors of the church are open.